Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Charlie Reimer. And uh, listen, I, everyone is still buzzing a little bit about the uh, Ryder Cup, but more than anything, everybody's talking about uh, what Bryson DeChambeau did right after the Ryder Cup went and competed in the Professional Long Drivers Association World Championship. And, uh, yeah, all he did with that was uh, go out and uh, – make it to the quarterfinals, which means that uh, he finished in the top eight. And so I thought I would go right to the top, uh, to the man that is a very good friend of mine who happens to be a three-time world long drive champion, Sean the Beast Fister. I know he's been paying attention to what's going on uh, with Bryson throughout the course of that championship. And Sean, appreciate you joining me uh, here on the podcast today. Absolutely, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Hey, real real quick before we jump into that, tell me what, what's going on with you. I know you're uh, attached to the uh, Dustin Johnson Golf School and, and uh, they're in Merle's Inlet at uh, TPC Myrtle Beach. And, and I know you've been working with a lot of folks. I've got some friends that are uh, really having some great experience uh, uh, getting some lessons from you, uh, including our boy Jimmy McNally, who just made his first hole in one. So t- tell me what, what you're up to there at the, uh, at the DJ Golf School. Well, I, I I enjoy it very much. This is this is what I I feel like I was born to do is is to teach golf and uh, helping people get better is a passion of mine. I just love sharing what I know about how to hit the ball accurately and far, and uh, helping people get that is very rewarding to me. And uh, the facility over here at the Dustin Johnson Golf School. It's at t- located at the TPC of Myrtle Beach, and um, the facility is just unbelievable. It's just immaculate. It's got all the the tools you would ever want as a as a golf instructor. Um, and you know, I have been working with a lot of people in the area, and, and I'm also doing a lot of clinics. I do about 14 clinics a week, and uh, I'm working with juniors. I'm working with seniors, uh, some college kids, and it's just kind of a, a you know, a full gamut of, of uh, range of people that I work with. So I really enjoy it. It's going good. Yeah, I, I know uh, from my friendship over the years, helping other folks and coaching them up is something that's always been really important to you. And for our folks listening, uh, you, you can uh, uh, reach uh, Sean Fister there at the uh, Dustin Johnson Golf School. Uh, you can get on the interwebs and, and uh, reach them. And, uh, of course, Alan Terrell, Runs a show over there, a uh, longtime uh, coach for Dustin Johnson. I always enjoy getting over there and hanging out with you guys. It's always a lot of fun, especially when we uh, go eat lunch after we've been hitting balls because that's always a big lunch. So, uh, <laughs> Well, and, you, know, and, you know as much about eating as I do about long driving. So that's, that's a good, uh, good one-two punch. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's why I like doing the podcast, you know, because I look really thin, you know, on the podcast. So that's my favorite thing about – doing a podcast <laughs> so so uh anyway let, let's just dive right into uh um uh what's going on uh with 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 DeChambeau and and I remember I was trying to think about it earlier today my years with ESPN I'd uh come out and, and cover the the world long drive championship uh out out in Mesquite and and got uh, actually got the chance to call a couple of your championships and I remember one year Titleist had this thing 
it was like maybe y'all were using the pinnacle balls and John Daly was doing his John Daly thing. Everybody was talking about how long John Daly was. And, and there was some sort of challenge where there was like uh, some of the long drivers and then some folks that had actually qualified throughout the country got a chance to come out and, and challenge John Daly. And the deal was if you hit it longer than John Daly, you won a hundred thousand dollars. And, um, uh, everybody was sort of looking at that and they were thinking, um, uh, you know, well, you know, John's going to smoke them. And it turned out <laughs> to go the other way. You remember that? Ty- Tyler's yeah, had to write some big, yeah, Tyler's had to write some big checks. It just didn't hit John Daly's PGA tour golf swing and, and him being the longest player on the tour for a long time, didn't translate well into long drive at all. And and that was a dud for Tyler's and, and the pinnacle brand. Well, you know, it was, it was amateur uh, long drivers that went against John. It wasn't the professionals. And if it would have been the professionals, it would have been even worse. But, you know, John is long and I've played golf, a lot of golf with John and, uh, he is, he's as long as he wants to be. And, you know, he got out there and these guys had been doing nothing but hitting drivers at full bore and going at that grid. And, uh, you know, John stepped in there, and he, you know he he didn't take it as serious as I think he could have, and uh, you know the guys <clears throat> got by him. But you know, it's the thing about when these tour players get out there, everybody thinks that you know the guy on the PGA Tour hits at 310, 320, and you know, or then you hear about guys hitting at 400, you don't realize that the the conditions you know are very favorable for hitting the ball far when the PGA tour, you know, regulates how hard the fairways are and how short the grass is compared to long driving where most, most of the time it's all carry. And when you get a tailwind, you know, guys are carrying the ball 350 in the air with no wind in the air. And then you add the tailwind to it, you give them a hard fairway and it's 400 is, is, is very routine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody's hitting at 400, but <clears throat> for a guy like John or, or Bryson, when they, this is a, this is a completely different sport. I mean, these guys are training for this and you get, you do get several balls in each round, but you're swinging as absolutely as hard as you possibly can. And the adrenaline you're fighting. And then, you, you know, you're on stage, there's pressure that is focused entirely on you and being able to call up those shots time and time again is not easy. And people find out when they get in. I remember one year Rory Sabatini came out there, and this was back when Rory was younger and he was the longest players on tour. And I was sitting at a table with him, and he leaned over to his one of his handlers and he said, you know, I, sh- I should win this easily, right? And I looked over at him and I said, Rory, <laughs> I said, buddy, <laughs> you better strap it on. I said, you're gonna get you're gonna get smoked out there, and he's like, no way. And he went out there and he hit the first two rounds and he hit at 340, 350. Guys were hitting at 390, 400, and he 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 was out. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even in the quick. in the ballpark. So so looking at what Bryson did last week, ma- making it to the quarterfinals, which is a top eight. His longest drive of the week was 412 yards. He hit four. Uh, excuse me, nine drives of 400 yards or longer and 
considering if that was his first time in long drive as it was, and he wasn't a world-class player and a major champion, a top 10 ranked player in the world, that, that'd be a pretty impressive f- first go at, at long drive and making your debut. Oh, there's no, no question about it. I was, I was very impressed by how he did. I mean, he's, his ball speeds are climbing and, you know, he's, he's up in the, I think two ten to maybe even higher. Um, but those balls, he could have won the thing, but the only way he was going to win that was if the long drive guys that were hitting, you know, had an off round or something. Yeah. Because you've got guys out there, this Kyle Ber- Berkshire, who's a great kid. His ball speed is approaching 230 miles an hour. Yeah. His club head speed is 155 plus. I mean, you, you, nobody's going to hit with that guy if he catches it. And that's the problem, as I always told people. I've had several interviews about Bryson doing this. And the only way that uh, he could win is if it gets given to him. Because he's not there yet for, yeah. for this sport. He's ridiculously long for a, a PGA Tour player. And even insanely long for an average golfer. He is long, but he's not long enough to take that world title from the best of the best in the business of long driving unless they hiccup and he because he's so steady i mean I, I was never the longest guy maybe one 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 little stretch i was the longest but i won titles when i was not the longest guy i hit the fairway and i hit the shot i had to hit and that's where bryce has an advantage over a lot of the long drive guys and in another area is in being able to handle pressure and expectations because he's been dealing with that for a long time. Yeah, it, it certainly, um, you know, we, we talked about, uh, John Daly, we talked about uh, Roy Sabatini, um, the, the, the training that I see Bryson doing a lot of times, you know, they'll leak out these cool things on these cool clips on, on on the YouTube and different places and the training that he's doing for PGA Tour in a lot of instances to me looks more similar to the training that I see you guys doing and 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 to me that that just it makes him different I mean he he's a pioneer he, he it's almost and I, I believe it's a case that he spent some time with 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 some of you guys and and has been implementing a lot of of what what you do to get ready for a world long drive championship and what he does to get ready to play the PGA tour on any given week. Well, that's, that's something that, you know, I've, I've tried to tell people is the stuff that Bryson's doing in training for this. The, these are things that we've been doing in the sport for 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, Jason Zubak was, was, uh, the guy that kind of stepped it up and, uh, started adding some serious, speed training and fitness training and it was either either we had to change things to catch him because he won four in a row and then uh we were like if we're going to win this thing we're going to have to take a page out of his training and that's what i did and uh changed my training got way more scientific about it and uh then i came back and and won again uh at, at an advanced age for that sport but that's the stuff he's doing is speed training, but you can do all the speed training in the world. If you're accurate, nobody's ever going to hear about you winning anything in long drive. And that that's why he's got such an advantage. If he continues 
to add speed, which he can. Shoot, he's how old is he? Twenty eight, maybe twenty. He's he's in his twenties, I think. Yep. He I mean, hit he's thirty yet. Oh my goodness! I mean, he could he could definitely win that thing if he continues to train. But I don't understand why he would even mess with it because there's literally very small amount of money in this in you know the long drive compared to the pga tour and the the thing that worries me about his training is injuries and these injuries that he's going to get from training very hard for long driving is is when it starts costing him big money he's probably going to rethink things yeah let's dig into that a little bit because along with your three uh, three uh, world long drive titles. Um, you when you and I go play golf to this this uh, day and age, it takes you a while to get warmed up, and and uh, I you know I, I can just see it. Uh, you're say I'm fifty three. I think you're what are you fifty seven? You're about fifty nine. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you 57 because you don't look 59. Thanks a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, I can just, you know, tell from um, – and, you, and you're not one to whine about it, and I, I'll give you a, a ton of credit for that. But I, I, I get the feeling that the, the price that you're paying for those three World Long Drive titles is, is heavier than just – not being able to swing at it really hard now. I mean, I, I get the sense that some of the injuries that you've had to deal with you know, impact your your quality of life at, at age fifty nine. Am I a little off on that, or am I am I no, hitting that pretty no, hard? Because because you, you you just don't talk about it, but you pay it. You paid a big price for all that training and and having those three titles stretched out over a long period of time. And and so so talk to me a little bit about some of the injuries that that you've dealt with, and and maybe a little bit of the impact that they still have on not not only your golf but your lifestyle today. Well, it's just it's just like anything that you train for, you know, you 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 have you run in the risk of overtraining issue, you know, injuries and I had just unbelievable amounts of those and cuz I I was a marathon hitter. I was a full-time professional long driver. That was my job and I worked every day on it. I would hit drivers for 8 hours a day as hard as I could and uh I towards my you know, latter part of my career the the discs on the, like the right side of my mid back from torquing the hip turn against the shoulders, lag, lagging back wore out the right side of the, the thoracic joint in my back. And I had to have that disc removed. I had in the lower back, my lumbar, I had a fusion and, uh, because of the torque I put on that. And then one thing that, that I found out later, I started having some neck issues on the left side of my neck and my left arm started going numb. And I went in and had a surgeon look at it. And they said that I had worn out the disc on the left side of my C7, the base of my neck. And we figured it out that, you know, I was swinging over 150 miles an hour. And the whole thing is trying to increase your momentum through impact. And that type of speed has to stop somewhere. And when I would come to the end of my swing, it would jam my left shoulder up in against my neck, and that caused that disc to uh, uh-huh. go out. And I had to have a neck fusion, and they put a titanium plate in with screws. And that's those are the major injuries that I had, and they affect me to the, today 
a lot because I've lost a lot of mobility and lost a lot of speed. And I do deal with pain a lot. And, you know, the other part of it is I had, I remember one year I had 24 cortisone shots from my elbows down. Mm. Both of my arms, the extensor muscles were, uh, tendons were worn out and I needed surgery on them, but I kept competing. And then I had uh, shots in my thumbs and my fingers. And, uh, you know, those things, I had a lot of sh- cortisone shots and that wears out your your uh your tissues and your your synovial joints and your your tendons and stuff in your hands and wrists and i also broke both my wrists and broke a uh a metacarpal bone in my left hand hitting golf impact. balls just straight up yeah. from practicing and training and competing yeah yeah wow and uh i would go ahead and hit through it and uh you know that's why i can't completely close uh, my right hand and, uh, but to it, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. And so I've, I've just got a lot of, lot of inflammation and things like that, that make it very difficult for me when I get out of bed to walk in the morning. And, uh, it takes me a while to get loosened up to where I can even tie my own shoes. And, uh, so I deal with that on a daily basis, but you know, I, uh, people say, would you do it again? for those three world titles. And, uh, and I have to say I would because yep. I'll always be a, a three-time world champion. And, and uh, that's something that I'm very proud of. And I worked extremely hard for. And uh, I think anything you do in life that when you become the best at it, there's a sense of pride that goes with that. And uh, so I, I'm very proud of it. And I would do it again. I might not hit as many balls this time, but yeah. So, so to put to put that in perspective, if 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 somebody on Bryson's team called you up, or Bryson called you up, and so what do you think about this? Having just gone over all of those injuries and 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 looking at it from a pure economic standpoint, he's gonna he he's gonna make a lot more money playing professional golf than than he could ever conceivably make in long drive, and and the risk that he's exposing himself to and maybe limiting how long he can compete play in professional golf. If, if, if he gets hurt during a long drive, it, it doesn't really. And, and also considering the fact that he, he can't go with the top guys. I mean, he can get to the top eight, which is great, but what he's doing really doesn't make a whole lot of sense is sort of what I'm hearing you get to. Well, what I'll just tell you, I'll just put it as simply as I can is that the more he messes with this long drive stuff, the 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 shorter his career in golf is going to be yeah that's that's my professional opinion he's going to end up you know your body's not meant to be torqued like that and uh he's young now and uh he's you know he's bulletproof like all people in their 20s are but every every you know day he spends doing this uh exceedingly you know rigorous speed training and power training he's going to have problems and uh i just i just don't want to see him get injured messing with this stuff and it cost him you know fedex points and i mean there's just a lot of things with his career that i don't think it's a great idea for him i mean the return is just not there yeah so so in terms of in terms of return are are there some things that you feel like um, 
a tour player who's looking to pick up some yardage without putting them putting themselves in position and get hurt can learn from somebody like you. To, oh, to, there's to, no question. Yeah, to pick, pick up there's some no yards, question. but but to a certain point, um, yeah. Hey, hey, here's where you need to back off. You know, if you if you keep doing this, you're going to get injured. But if you do a little bit of this, you're you're going to pick up some yards. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just uh, one of the things that I would I would tell a, a tour player that if he's wanting to hit the ball farther. You know, at number one, he's got to make sure he's hitting the right equipment. If he gets on the right launch monitors that can optimize what he's hitting, maybe change his loft a little bit or the flex in his shafts and things like that. Those things, if he's if that's all buttoned up and he's maximizing it, that, then you go to the body, the speed work, and the power side of it. But the speed work is, is a lot more important than the power side. Um, the speed work, the fast twitch fibers, you in order to train fast switch muscles, it takes a lot less quantity and much more quality. Mm-hmm. And the duration of these exercises are very, very small amounts of time that you can wake these up and, you know, work on, on the speed side of it. There's, there's, uh, you know, impulse inertia machines that specifically uh, target those, those tissues. And then there's, there's a, there's a plyometric type, exercises you can do that will all help speed and overtraining with uh, variable weighted uh, swing weights and stuff like that those can all help far more than going to the gym and pounding weights and uh, you know that's I think Bryson has figured that out yeah. he still wants to be strong but you know that those the speed work is is the, the easiest way and the fastest way to gain more speed but you got to be very smart about it because it doesn't take much to overtrain those and you get a diminishing return on it. So you have to be really, really smart about it to get with somebody that knows what they're doing to help you. Well, no doubt he's a, he's a smart cookie. It's going to be fun to, to see um, when we get him back on the golf course on the PGA tour. I don't know exactly what his schedule is right now, but uh, see if he's even longer having gone through this experience with the world long drive uh championship oh he will be he will be he'll be longer he's he got out there and he and you know he's been walking around these tour events you know as paul bunyan and then he went out to an event where there was a whole bunch of paul bunyans and he ended up being a little less paul bunyanist but (laughs) you know the thing is though is he he did make it to the quarterfinals and and that's impressive on on the sports side and it's because he's so accurate but he's he's capped even if he hits every ball straight and pure he doesn't have the horsepower to take on the trophy in that arena that other guys have yeah i would just if if i was his his uh you know his mentor or brain person to help him to make decisions i would say look you made your point you know let's let's get back to winning tournaments because that's where the that's where the money is, and that's where his legacy is. Well, I love I love your take on it. I I just hope long term or even short term he doesn't hurt himself push pushing the envelope too too far on all this. But he is a smart guy. There's no doubt about that. He he's obviously has to be aware of the risk as well. But Sean, uh, I I want to finish with this. Uh, one one of the great things about having um, 
Bryson DeChambeau compete in that uh, professional Long Drivers Association World Championship it is bringing more eyeballs to the sport. And, and I know it's a sport that you care deeply about. And I saw this quote from uh, Kyle Berkshire, who ended up winning, and he, I think it's pretty obvious he's the longest driver of the golf ball on the planet right now. And, and the quote was this, the sport of long driving has been in a difficult spot for almost a year and a half since Golf Channel dropped it. And I literally think we just brought it back from the dead. Uh, that was right after winning and, and uh, seeing the, the eyeballs that were on last week with, with DeChambeau um, uh, bringing a lot of attention to the sport. But j- just your thoughts of where long drive is right now and, and what the future looks like. Well, I definitely agree with uh, Kyle on that and uh, that it's brought things back to the forefront, you know, in a way, but, you know, it's got to be sustained. And the only way to sustain that is what, how, how they handle it going forward. And, uh, you know, taking this, this, you know, gift that was thrown to the sport and what they do with it from now on, you know, how they can grow because, you know, this long driving is a niche. It's a small offshoot of golf. It's basically a home run derby and it's once a year. And, you know, the sport has a lot of great stories, a lot of great guys in it and their story needs to be told. And, uh, you know, in the past it's, it's been about money, you know, for, uh, people, people running the events. And I think that the sport is in a great position right now and how, how they handle it from here and how they can capitalize on it is going to take some pretty uh, aggressive marketing and some smart moves on their part to uh, see if this uh, type of extension can uh, sustain itself because that's long driving is totally dependent on exposure mm-hmm. and uh, you know you got it also it also is up to the players to you know, sharpen their swords because you you don't need to have a televised event where guys can't hit the grid. And that's happened in the past where they've had a lot of out-of-bounds hitting. And I think that the uh, the format and the, the, the rules need to maybe be changed a little bit to make it where there's a little more skill involved than hitting towards a 70-yard wide fairway with six or eight golf balls. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope they figure it out. I've enjoyed uh, the opportunity I've had to cover Long Drive over the years and and appreciate a lot of the relationships that I've been able to uh, establish through that, including a long-time friendship with you. And, uh, Mm -hmm. Sean, Sean, I appreciate you uh, joining us here on the uh, Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast today. As always, it's great to hear your thoughts. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's Sean, the Beast Fister, three-time World Long Drive champion. If you want to spend some time with Sean, uh, go check out the Dustin Johnson Golf School at TPC Myrtle Beach in uh, Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. Well, folks, I appreciate uh, you joining us here today. And remember to like us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And we'll be uh, right back here with you next week. Appreciate you joining us. Mm -hmm.